well regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. I'm glad you're with me on the program today. We've got some uh, new and exciting news to report out of Washington, D.C., where, uh, well, the vast majority of Republican senators uh, are now objecting to the Biden administration's proposed rules on pistol stabilizing braces. That's right. You remember uh, those these rules, which uh, take effect uh, May 31st of this year. They don't require... Everybody who possesses a pistol stabilizing brace that is attached to a pistol to register that uh, gun as a short barreled rifle. But odds are, if you have a a stabilizing brace and it is attached to a pistol, uh, the ATF wants you to register that weapon uh, under the National Firearms Act. Right? There is no real hard or fast definition as to uh, what constitutes a uh, what turns a uh, brace-equipped pistol into a short-barreled rifle, but uh, the ATF sort of take the position that uh, uh, we'll know when we see it. Here's this handy little checklist for you, and if the, uh, you fill this out and uh, you know all the uh, forms add up there, uh, yeah, go ahead and register under the NFA. Now, this rule is already being challenged. Uh, there is already a lawsuit underway. You might recall uh, 25 state attorneys general uh, filed suit along with the uh, group uh, Farms Regulatory, uh, oh gosh, what is this, uh, FRAC, uh, which I believe is the Firearms Regulatory Accountability Coalition. There you go. Uh, they have filed suit in the uh, Western District of uh, North Dakota, taking on this uh, new rule. Uh, but again, Republicans on Capitol Hill, uh, they're now speaking up as well. So uh, earlier today, a group of uh, 40 Republican senators, along with uh, several members of the House, uh, introduced a Congressional Review Act resolution. Now, uh, what, the, the, the CRA resolution um, and, and a Congressional Review Act uh, is basically a uh, law that allows for Congress to uh, step in and review rules that are promulgated by federal agencies uh, and object to them. Um, it does take both chambers of Congress to undo a rule, which means that uh, this measure might not be going far, uh, unless, of course, they can attract uh, you know a number of uh, their Democratic colleagues to join this uh, CRA resolution. But I think this is still really good news uh, because it does show that this is an issue that is gaining traction, not just among gun owners, but among Republican politicians. As well. So, this is led by Senator John Kenney of Louisiana, Senator Roger Marshall of Kansas, and again, more than 40 other Republican senators. Over on the House side, Representative Andrew Clyde is uh, carrying the resolution. Uh, and in addition to this CRA, uh, Senators Kennedy and Marshall have also introduced legislation, actual legislation that would uh, preclude federal funds from being used to implement, administer, or uh, enforce the ATF's new rule. On stabilizing braces. Senator Kennedy uh, said in a statement, millions of law-abiding Americans use pistol braces, and many of these Americans rely on braces because they're disabled. If Congress does not correct the ATF's misguided rule, countless law-abiding gun owners in Louisiana and other states will become criminals in the blink of an eye. The Biden administration's assault on the Second Amendment isn't going to stop unless we defend this fundamental liberty. Um, which, by the way, I, 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 the only thing that I would uh, take exception to in Senator Kennedy's comments is I, I don't think Joe Biden's attacks on our right to keep bear arms are going to stop, no matter how hard we defend our fundamental right to keep and bear arms. 
they're coming as long as he's in office because he's sincere about it. But we still need to fight back every opportunity we can to protect and secure our fundamental freedoms. Uh, Senator Roger Marshall said the Biden administration's war on every American's fundamental right to bear arms is relentless and an offense to our founders. Congress must use every tool at its disposal to stop the Biden ATF from enacting this unconstitutional gun grab and created its newly proposed anti-Second Amendment gun registry. The Congressional Review Act is one of these important tools. He said he's pleaded to co-lead the effort with Senator Kennedy. Representative Clyde, meanwhile, says the uh, ATF's unconstitutional pistol brace rule reveals the agency's brazen disregard for our Constitution and Congress's sole legislative authority. Unelected anti-gun bureaucrats simply do not have the power to propel President Biden's goal of disarming our nation and dismantling our Second Amendment freedoms by registering and banning millions of firearms. In the face of the Biden administration's latest gun-grabbing measure, it's time for Congress to utilize the Congressional Review Act to fight for law-abiding gun owners. As a stalwart supporter of the Second Amendment and a federal firearms licensee by trade, Clyde said that he's proud to lead the effort to terminate the ATF's latest tyrannical tactic with Congressman Richard Hudson and Senator John Kennedy, uh, concluding that, uh, quote, we remain unwavering in the defense of Americans' constitutional right to keep and bear arms. Again, I think this is great to see, uh, even if the odds of a CRA getting to Joe Biden's desk are pretty slim. I think this will get out of the House, uh, and I hope that Senator Chuck Schumer will allow for the measure to at least be debated on the Senate floor, but that may not happen. Uh, thankfully, again, we don't have to just rely on a divided Congress to try to uh, halt the enforcement of this law, that uh, uh, federal lawsuit underway. Uh, and I expect that we're going to see a ruling on a request for a preliminary injunction uh, either before that May 31st deadline or uh, shortly thereafter. Hopefully before, obviously, since, uh, again, millions of Americans could be impacted by this rule, which the ATF, again, requires you. Well, if you have a brace that they believe could uh, uh, turn your pistol into a short-barreled rifle, then yes, you are required to either destroy that brace, remove the brace from the pistol and never put it on again, right? Uh, or register your short-barreled rifle with the ATF uh, under the auspices of the National Firearms Act. And again, this reverses years and years of ATF determinations to the contrary, right? Where the ATF said, yeah, pistol stabilizing braces, they're fine. And then it was, well, pistol stabilizing braces, they're fine, but don't don't use them as they're not intended, right? Because if you use them as they're not intended, if you raise that uh, brace-equipped uh, firearm up to your shoulder and you're using that brace like it's a bub stock or like it's a butt stock, rather, well, listen, that 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 turns it into a short-barreled rifle, right? Um, the ATF's rules have been fairly, I would say they've been crystal clear, <laughs> but the determination has always been it is not the act of attaching a brace to a pistol that uh, turns it into a short-barreled rifle, right? It is using that brace-equipped firearm uh, in a manner for which that brace was not intended that uh, turns that uh, uh, firearm into a restricted item. Uh, now the ATF is saying basically, mm, if it's attached, probably going to be a short-barreled rifle, probably should register with the federal government, or you could potentially face 10 years in prison or a $250,000 fine. We will be uh, following the debate. Hopefully, again, there is a debate on the Senate side. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be one on the House side, but we'll be following the debate on Capitol Hill as well as the latest 
on the uh, lawsuit seeking to halt the uh, enforcement of Biden's pistol brace rules. We also have, of course, lawsuits taking on the frame and receiver rule. Uh, we have lawsuits taken on the uh, bump stock ban administratively imposed by the ATF. In fact, Fifth Circuit has declared that uh, to be null and void. We've actually got a split in the uh, circuits emerging on the issue of the ATF's authority to ban bump stocks by declaring them to be machine guns. So one or more of these cases likely to get to the Supreme Court here in the years ahead. And uh, all of these cases, I think, provide an opportunity for the court to step in and rein in some of the uh, administrative abuses that we are seeing here on the part of Biden's ATF. Now, let's turn our attention to today's Armed citizen story, our good deed of the day and our recidivist report. And I got to tell you right now, every one of these stories bothers me for some reason or another. Yesterday, you know, we we're talking about the murder of a 12-year-old kid over a pair of glasses, allegedly committed by a 17-year-old who was out on probation for a felony convictions to his name at 17 years of age. That bothered me a lot, and I hope it bothered you too. But I saw this headline, and I can't, I can't repeat what my initial reaction was because this is a family-friendly podcast. Motel front desk clerk sentenced to 180 days in jail for raping a guest. Six months in jail for raping a guest. And the, as bad as the headline is, I got to tell you, the news story itself is even worse. Red Wing, Minnesota. 34-year-old Red Wing man sentenced to 180 days in jail and two years of supervised probation for sexually assaulting a 23-year-old woman who was staying at the hotel that he was working as the front desk clerk. Uh, Jack Charles Fickle pleaded guilty to felony, fifth degree, criminal sexual conduct as part of a January plea deal that dismissed charges of third and fourth degree criminal sexual conduct, both of which are felonies. Fickle was working at the uh, uh, Red Wing Super 8 on January 11, 2021 when a woman was dropped off by a Goodhue County Sheriff's deputy about 1 o'clock that morning. She had just reported a domestic assault by her boyfriend the day before, and the deputy brought her to the hotel because she needed a place to stay. Yeah. According to authorities, uh, the woman reported the sexual assault to law enforcement the afternoon of January 11th. Her clothes were sent to the Minnesota Bureau of Criminal Apprehension for DNA testing. Pickle's DNA uh, in, it was found on that clothing. Uh, semen that contained his DNA uh, specifically found on uh, the clothing. The woman told law enforcement that she did not want to go to that hotel. She said that she was afraid of being alone at the time. She said she didn't have her cell phone with her, and she felt like she had no options. So when the deputy said, listen, we got a room that's paid for. There was a local domestic violence uh, prevention group that uh, paid for a room. She had nowhere else to go. But she didn't, again, she didn't have her cell phone with her. She was just sort of on her own, right? So she goes there, Fickle shows her to her room, and uh, and then says, hey, you need to call your boyfriend, the guy who, who you know, abused her the day before, allegedly, um, so that he'll stop calling the motel. Fickle then apparently was able to enter her room shortly after that call, by using the master key. And according to authorities, he then proceeded to sexually assault her. The woman was not able to make phone calls from the room before and after the sexual assault. Apparently, uh, Fickle had maybe, you know, turned off the ability to do so from the front desk. Um, last January, Fickle told investigators that uh, he did not sexually assault the woman. 
said that he tried to make her feel safe. Um, stated that he thought her questions and small talk were stall tactics to keep him in the room, which gave him the impression that she was possibly fearful to be alone. He also said he was happily married, would never cheat on his wife, who was asleep in a motel room across the room where the sexual assault took place. Uh, he said, I never touched her, not once, never made no physical contact with her. Again, semen samples found in the woman's clothing, found to be a match for Fickle's DNA. Uh, Fickle told law enforcement he had no idea how uh, his semen got on her clothing, no idea how the DNA got there. But uh, again, ultimately, Accepting a plea deal in court. Six months. Six months for raping a woman who had been dropped off at that hotel because she had been the victim of domestic violence. Now, again, I am pissed off at this plea deal. But I would also like to know if there have been any changes to the uh, changes to the procedures there in Goodhue County when it comes to working with domestic violence victims, because I got to say, dropping someone off at a hotel at one o'clock in the morning and saying, all right, we'll see you later. Doesn't sound like a whole hell of a lot of support to me. Uh, what happened to this woman is absolutely inexcusable. And the punishment that was handed down to the perpetrator of the sexual assault, inexplicable, absolutely inexplicable, except for the fact, you know, I say it's inexplicable, except it's not. It's easily explained because, again, the vast majority of cases in this country end up in plea bargains. So it doesn't matter how heinous the crime. It doesn't matter how awful the assault. Chances are whoever perpetrated that crime is going to get a plea deal. It might not always be as egregiously bad as this. But they're going to get offered something. Uh, charges are going to be reduced. Time is going to be dropped as long as they say, yep, I, 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 did, I did something. And I understand we're never going to get rid of every plea bargain. In some cases, they may even be appropriate. In this case, no freaking way. Now, today's armed citizen story. Detroit, Michigan. Where a would-be armed robber shot in the chest... We're trying to hold up a uh, armed citizen and his friend. Yeah. As it turns out, by the way, the uh, armed robber, you'll be shocked to learn this, um, not legally allowed to possess a firearm, unlike the uh, armed citizen in question. Now, this is back in uh, February. Uh, shot a spotter, detected the sound of three gunshots in the parking lot of uh, Carmen's Delicatessen in Detroit. When police got there, they uh, were flagged down by two people. One man approached officers with his hands over his head and said, uh, hey, listen, I, I'm a concealed carry licensee. I fired my gun in self-defense. I was being robbed. Man told police that uh, he and his friend had gone to the store that night. When they were walking in, they noticed uh, an older guy and a younger guy talking outside. Um, younger guy uh, identified as uh, Joshua Fordham. When the concealed carry holder and his friend went inside the store, Fordham and the older gentleman followed them as well and continued to follow them as they left the store. Uh, Fordham began arguing with the two men and threatened to kill the uh, concealed carry holder's friend if the concealed carry holder did not give up everything he had. So basically, give me what, give me what you got or I'm going to murder your buddy right here. So the concealed carry holder handed Fordham his wallet Fordham is holding a gun in one hand and he's trying to pat down the concealed carry holder with the other. I guess trying to make sure that, you know, he didn't 
hold anything back. Well, as it turns out, the concealed carry holder had not handed over the contents of his pockets, uh, or at least his holster, <clears throat> to Fordham. Because uh, as he was being patted down, the concealed carry holder pulled out his gun, fired a shot. Detroit police said they found Fordham lying on the ground west of the store with a gunshot wound in his chest. A loaded black handgun that appeared to have suffered a malfunction was on the ground nearby. An officer also found the uh, concealed carry holder's wallet among Fordham's belongings. Police looked at the surveillance footage. Uh, it backed up the concealed carry holder's uh, version of events. Um, concealed carry holder not facing any charges, which is the right decision here. But Mr. Fordham is. And as uh, Click on Detroit notes, Fordham's criminal history, it, it's, it's there. I'm, I'm not going to say it's the longest I've ever seen, but it's there. Uh, March in, of 2014, pleaded guilty, not convicted again, pleaded guilty to armed robbery and a felony firearm violation in uh, Wayne County. Sentenced to five to 15 years in prison on the armed robbery charge, two years mandatory minimum for the felony firearm violation. I uh, don't know how long he actually served, but, uh, well, it's been less than 10 years and he's already out. So I think it's fair to say that uh, he did not serve the maximum sentence that was uh, handed down. Um now, again, uh, facing more uh, armed robbery charges as well as felon in possession of a firearm. The armed citizen, on the other hand, he is safe and sound, as is his unarmed friend. And maybe the next time they hang out, they can go to a concealed carry course together. The licensee can take his buddy. I take away anyway. All right. Uh, finally, today, our good deed of the day in the right place, at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing. Officers in Miami Dade, Florida, who saved a child from a submerged car. You know, I, I I find this odd because I live in Virginia where we don't have these canals <laughs> running around everywhere, right? Uh, and this is not the first time I've seen a story of somebody driving off the road into one of these canals. It happened in Miami-Dade County just the other day. Uh, Orlando Barone says it was his three-year-old's birthday party. They just left his son's daycare when he lost control of his car. And they plunged into one of these canals. Uh, Barone said he could not get his son out of the car seat. Thankfully, there were some good Samaritans nearby who saw what happened, and they called police. The vehicle is actually sinking deeper into the water as the officers arrived. Um, at that point, Barone's three-year-old child had been underwater for several minutes. Uh, Officer Emmanuel Walton III uh, jumped in, li literally. Uh, he said, I couldn't see through the water. I was basically using touch. He said, eventually, I felt the baby seat, the car seat. And the child was able to pop up to the top of the car. They were able to pull the three-year-old out of the vehicle, but at that point, he was unresponsive. That's when Officer uh, Junior uh, Clerval began performing CPR. He said, when the baby started crying, I started crying too. He said, because it was the best cry I ever heard in my life. I cannot imagine. I cannot imagine. And again, the presence of mind of those officers in those frantic moments, trying to get a heartbeat, trying to get that baby to start breathing again. And his dad's looking on. They're, you know, all I, I Again, amazing work by these uh, first responders. The uh, child was taken to the hospital, is now doing well. And um, Orlando Barone says he owes his and his son's life to the officers who responded. So in the right place, at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing to help save a three-year-old child. We thank those Miami-Dade police officers for their very, very good deed. 
And listen, I want to thank you for being a part of the program as always. I really do appreciate you being here. I uh, hope that you will check out BarryAndArms.com throughout the day and throughout uh, the weekend as well. We've got to keep you covered on all of the latest Second Amendment news and information, including permitless carry in Florida, Second Amendment sanctuary uh, legislation in Kentucky. We're still waiting, by the way, on uh, Judge Roger Benitez to hand down four opinions taking on California gun control laws. That could come at any time as well. So we've got you covered about everything that's happening when it comes to your right to keep and bear arms uh, at bearingarms.com. And again, I hope to check it out. Also, if you become a VIP subscriber, all you have to do, go to bearingarms.com slash subscribe. See, look how easy that is. When you use the promo code GUNRIGHTS, you'll get a significant savings on your VIP membership as well. And as our way of saying thanks for showing your support, we're going to give you exclusive commentary and news stories you won't find anywhere else because your support, well, it does matter. And it really does make a difference. So thank you again. All right. We'll see you here soon. Until then, be well. Be safe. And be free.